Hello, Kindler. Here is a beautiful, beautiful story that the Rebbe Rashab told to his son, the previous Rebbe, when he was a child. It's a story about a man. His name was Rebbeleza Lippe. Rebbeleza Lippe, when he was born, his mother died right after he was born. And his father died when he was one year old. So now Eliezer Lippe was a baby, only one year old, didn't have no mother and no father. So his uncle, Rabbi Avram Leib, uh, decided to raise him. He, took him. he took the baby into the house and raised him like his own child. But the uncle, Rabbi Avram Leib, was very busy with his business and never hired a teacher for... Leza Lippe. grew up without knowing anything. Didn't know how to learn. He barely, barely knew how to read Hebrew. And he didn't understand the words, but he could read a little bit. But he was a very, very, very big Yereshamayim. What a Yereshamayim is? Somebody who's very, very close to Hashem. He always wants to do mitzvahs wants to do the right thing. He had fear of Hashem, always afraid of Hashem, wants to do the right thing for Hashem. Then, Elias Lippi got older and older. He got a job. He worked a little bit. He didn't know how to learn, could only read Hebrew, but didn't understand the words. It was time for him to get married. Somebody found him a girl who was also an orphan, she didn't have no father, no mother. She grew up in the house of the Rav of the town. So they got married. Leslie didn't have a father and a mother. And the Kala, the girl he married, also didn't have a father or mother. But the community got together and they made a wedding for them. And they got married. After Leslie got married, he realized he needs to have a Parnassa. Parnassa means to have an income. He has to work to make money so he can feed his family. Soon he's gonna have children, he's gonna have to bring money into the house so they can buy food and get a house. <clears throat> but he didn't wanna go into business, selling and buying. So he decided to do some hard work. Cause he learned once, he once heard a Rav teaching a class, a shear in the shul, where he was saying that Hashem loves it when people work hard to make a living, to work hard to earn money. So he decided to become a water carrier. First, he started building, helping people build houses. He built uh, ovens. Some people had, maybe had a, a work there. They used to build ovens for people. Some people would chop wood. Some people would have firewood to keep the house warm. In the end, he became a water carrier. What he would do, he would go to the river outside the town every day on a wagon, with a wagon and a big barrel, he'd fill up the water, uh, the barrel full of water, and would schlep the wagon into town and go from house to house, whoever needed water for the house. He would get, sell them a little bit of water. People need water to wash their dishes, they need water to cook with the water, to make coffee, to make tea, to cook food, to cook vegetables, they need water to take a bath, 
to wash their hands, their feet. So he would, they didn't have water in the houses. So in those years, people didn't have, like we have today, a sink where you open up the faucet or you open up the shower and there's water. They didn't have that. If you wanted to have water, you had to go to the river. But not everybody had time to go to the river. So the water carrier, that was his job. He would bring water from the river and he would sell it to the people in the houses. And that's how he would make money and then he could feed his family. And that's what the Leza Lippa used to do. Ten years went by after Leslie Lippe was married and their first child was born. They gave him the name Elimelech because the father of Leslie Lippe, his name was Elimelech. So he gave him a name after his father. After five years, five years later, the second son was born and they called him Meshulam Zusia. This is because the mother, the wife of Leslie Lippe, her father, his name was Meshulam Zuzia. Now they had two children, Elimelech and Meshulam Zuzia. Elimelech and Meshulam Zuzia were very weak kids. They weren't strong. And also, they weren't very smart, very intelligent. They couldn't understand much. Their parents hired the best teachers, the best teachers in town. And they sent them to Cheder, and the best Cheders, Chadorim in town. But the children couldn't learn. They weren't smart. They weren't able to understand what the teachers were telling them. Rabbi Zalip and his wife were so upset that the children couldn't learn anything. They were, their heart was so pained. They had such pain in their heart knowing that their two children are so ignorant. They don't know anything. They learn and learn and learn with the teachers, but they're not getting it. They're not understanding anything. Rebleza Lippe was so upset because, you know, Rebleza Lippe's father was Rebli Melech, Oliver Shalom. You know, remember, he passed away when Rebleza Lippe was only one year old. But he was told by other people who knew his father that he was a big Goen, a big Talmud Chachem. And her father, the mother of the two boys, the wife of Eliezer Lippe, her father, his name was Meshulam Zusia. She heard from the Rav in the town who knew her father that he was a big tzaddik and a big goan. And now these two boys, who are the grandchildren of these two great goanim and tzaddikim, will remain very ignorant, not knowing anything, because they don't have the, the mind, they don't have the seichol to understand what the Rebbe is teaching. They were very upset, very sad. So Rabbi Leizalib decided to say some tilim, daven to Hashem with tears in his eyes, crying to Hashem to please help and make his children more smart, more intelligent, so they can understand that the Torah, that the Rebbe's are teaching them. His wife who couldn't read at all, she didn't even have to read Hebrew. She would just repeat, she would listen to her husband saying the words of Tehillim, and she would repeat every word after him and also cry, Hashem, please help my children. They should understand Torah. You know what they used to do? In order to ask Hashem so hard to please help their children, they should become Talmidah Chachamim. They should understand the Torah. They would sometimes fast. They would not eat supper, and not eat breakfast and lunch, nothing. They wouldn't eat the whole day. 
and they would take the food of their lunch and of their supper and give it away to poor people who were hungry instead. So they would starve, they would fast, and give their own meals away to the poor. And they would hope that in that schos, that they gave away their own meals to other poor people, Hashem would bless them and help their children understand Torah. The mother of the two boys, the wife of Rebbe Lippe, she would bake challahs every Friday. And she would bring the challahs to poor people. She would light two candles in the shul every Friday before Shabbos. And she would daven when she lit those candles. That Hashem should open up the heart and the minds of her two children so they would understand the Holy Torah. Years went by. And the children get a little older and older. And the teachers are still saying, we're sorry, we're so sorry. Your children just don't understand anything. They don't understand anything. Hashem didn't give them enough seichel to understand the Torah. They barely know how to read now. And Rebbe and his wife, the parents of these two boys, were crying every day to Hashem, saying to him, once Leza Lippe was walking through the marketplace. He was carrying his wagon and a big barrel of water that he had brought from the river that he was going to sell in the different houses. Suddenly he sees a crowd of people in the marketplace and there is this a guest, somebody which is not from this town. Nobody knew who he was. He was visiting. He looked like a poor man. But he was talking with great excitement. And everybody's gathered around him. And he went up closer. Lazy Lippa wanted to hear what this man is saying because everybody's listening so curiously. They wanted to hear what he's saying. So he tried to listen too. So he pushed in to hear what the man is saying. He heard that the man was talking about how Hashem loves simple Jews, Jews that don't know much how to learn. But they still serve Hashem with great love of Hashem. They love Hashem with all their heart, even though they don't know much. And they serve Hashem with all their heart and soul. And he told them a story. This guest, this poor guest, was talking to a lot of people, a lot of people around him, listening. And he's telling them a story that's written in the Gemara, in the Madrash. There was once a story with a rich man in the time of the base of Migdash. This rich man had a lot of animals, a lot of houses. He wanted to bring a very beautiful carbon as a present to the base of Migdash, to bring it up to the Mizbeach in the base of Migdash. So he took a very fat, big ox, like a bull, the fattest animal that he had, big and fat. He's going to bring this animal to the base of Mikdash as a beautiful present for Hashem. He wants to bring him as a carbon to Hashem. On the way, the man is taking his bull, his ox. He tries to make it walk and walk and walk, but he's in Yerushalayim. He's in Yerushalayim. Now he has to take and make sure that the bull walks all the way up to the base of Mikdash, but the bull refuses to walk he stops. Maybe the bull knew that he's going to go to the base of Mikdash and the Kohanim are going to shecht him and put him under his back. He didn't want to go. He just stopped. 
the ox didn't want to walk. And you know, an ox is very big. He can be very big. And this ox was really big, fat and big. You can't pull him. He's much stronger. He's very strong. So the rich man tried to pull and pull and pull and then whip the ox. Come on, you got to go. You got to walk to the base of Mikdash. He didn't want. And everybody's watching. What are we going to do? We can't pull this bull. He doesn't want to go to the base of Mikdash. He's stopping in the middle of the street and doesn't move. A poor man was walking by. He was very poor. He was on his way home. You know, he was bringing home some vegetables because he was very poor, didn't have anything else to bring home for supper for his wife and his kids. All he had is a little bit of vegetables. So on his way home, he's walking through the marketplace and he sees this rich man. He's standing there trying to pull this bull and other people are trying to help him too. And nobody's able to make the bull move. He's stuck. He stands still. This poor man had an idea. I've got vegetables in my hand. An ox, ox likes to eat vegetables. So he goes over and says, guys, move aside. I'm going to show you. I'm going to get the bull to go to the base of Mikdash with me without pushing him, without pulling him. Here, I'm going to show you. So everybody moves aside and he starts waving the vegetables in front of the nose and the eyes of the bull. When the bull sees the vegetables, he starts walking towards the vegetable because he wants to eat it. But in the meantime, the poor man started moving away from the bull, further away and further, and holding the vegetables in his hand. And as he's moving, the, the, book, the bull, the ox, is trying to follow the vegetables and try to get it. So as the poor man keeps moving towards the base of Mikdash, the bull follows him because he's trying to get to the vegetables. But as he's trying to get to the vegetables, the vegetables move away because the poor man is holding them and he's walking towards the base of Mikdash. And so pretty soon, the bull ended up inside the base of Mikdash. And of course, on the way, the bull kept munching and biting into the vegetables a little bit here, a little bit there. But he wanted more, wanted more. So he kept walking and walking. By the time they came to the base of Mikdash, all the vegetables were eaten up by the bull. But now... The rich man was happy because he could give the bull to the Kohanim and they would check the bull and burn the carbon and the Mizbeach. And the rich man was so happy. He could bring this beautiful, beautiful bull, such a big gift. Very few people could bring such a fancy present as a carbon to Hashem. And the poor man now didn't have any vegetables left. He was very sad, not because he didn't have vegetables left. He was sad because he felt, Oi, I wish I could also bring such a carbon to Hashem. All I had is a few vegetables that I had to give away to the, to the ox, to the bull, so that the bull would walk to the Bismillah. So I sacrificed, I gave away my vegetables so that the bull that the rich man is bringing could go to the Bismillah. But I can never bring such a beautiful present. He felt... Oi, I wish, Hashem, one day you make me also rich, so I'll also be able to bring a bull to Hashem. Such a beautiful present, Hashem. I so much want to bring a nice present, just like this rich man. And the rich man, he was very proud of himself. Ah, I brought this beautiful gift. That night, the rich man has a dream. In a dream, he hears a voice telling him that Hashem loved the carbon, the vegetables that the poor man gave up for the bull of the rich man. 
so the rich man can bring his carbon. Hashem loved the gift, the sacrifice of the vegetables more than the bull. Because this poor man, even though he gave only some vegetables to a bull, so the bull could be a carbon. But it doesn't matter. It could be a tiny piece of vegetable. But the poor man did it with all his heart. He really wanted to give something nice, the nicest he could give. And the nicest thing he had was just a few vegetables. And Hashem cares about what's in your heart, how much you desire to give, how much love you have when you give a present to Hashem. It doesn't matter how big the gift is. What matters is what you feel in your heart, how much kavana and how much desire you want to do this. And that's what the old man, the, the guest, the standing in the marketplace, surrounded by so many uh, people from the market, all listening to the story. And the old man, the poor man, the guest who was speaking, left the market, left the town. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody even knew his name. Many years later, people found out it was the Baal Shem Tov. Baal Shem Tov in his early years did not tell anybody who he was. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody heard of the Baal Shem Tov. He would go from town to town, speak to the simple people, people that worked in the marketplace very hard and they weren't very learned. And he would tell them how much Hashem loves anything they do. Because what Hashem cares is not so much how much you do, but that you do it with all your heart. You really want, you have to do it with love for Hashem. And everybody in the market was very impressed with the words of this guest, including Eliza Lippe. Eliza Lippe was like, wow, what a story. What a story this guest was telling. He kept walking with his wagon in the water. He's beginning to think about the story that he just heard in the marketplace, how this poor man gave up his vegetables so that the rich man could bring his carbon and how Hashem loved the vegetables that he was giving up more than the bull that the rich man brought to the base of Mikdash. And he turned to Hashem and says, Plead Hashem, have rachmanes, have mercy on me. I'd love to serve you like that, like this poor man with his vegetables. I would love to do it with great joy. Please help me to serve you like that. When they came home, he told his wife the story that he heard in the marketplace. And he told her, you know, we don't have a Beis Amikdash today. But even though we don't have a Beis Amikdash, you can still bring a carbon to Hashem. You can give up something. Like you have something that you like. And a friend of you likes it, also likes it. She's giving it up. You have a toy. Your friend wants to play with the toy, so you give it to him instead. That's also like a carbon. You're giving up something. And you do it with joy. That's like a carbon that this poor man brought. He gave up his vegetables for Hashem with great simcha. So Elizabeth says to his wife, we can also be like this poor man. After a few weeks, Elizabeth was thinking for a few weeks all the time, how can he be like this poor man doing some special thing for Hashem with great joy? So he thought of an idea. In this town, there were two water carriers, Eleazar Lippe and another one. His name was Zalman Dave. Zalman Dave and Eleazar Lippe were the only water carriers in the town. But they split up the town. Each one got certain families that they provided water for and they were able to make money that way. Except that Eleazar Lippe, he was given houses from rich people. 
And rich people, they paid a lot of money for water because they were rich. So they would give a extra money. Zalman Dov, on the other hand, he wasn't uh, serving the rich people in the town. He served a few poor families and there were four shuls in the town. He had a schos to bring water to the four shuls. But the shuls didn't pay that much. Shuls didn't have a lot of money, so they paid a little bit. So there's a people thinking, I am serving all the rich people and I get a lot of money. But my friend Zalman Dave, he can bring water to the shuls, which is a big mitzvah. And he doesn't get a lot of money for it, which means the mitzvah is really big. Maybe I'll switch with him. I'll tell him, you can take the rich families that I serve. You'll take those people. You'll provide water for them. And I will provide for the people that you were providing. I'm going to provide for the shoals and the few poor families. I'll make less money and you can make more money now. Someone was very excited. Of course, I would love to have your, your customers. But later, before he did that, he went and asked his wife. She's agree, she agrees that they should earn less money, but they will have the schos to bring water to the shoals. His wife said, of course, and maybe in that schos, Hashem will have rachmanes, have mercy on our children, and they will begin to understand what they're learning in Cheder. So two years went by, and Lezalipa is bringing water with his buckets to the shoals. And then... One day, he hears, to his surprise, that his two sons are beginning to get it. They're beginning to understand what they're learning. They got older, they already passed bar mitzvah, and they're learning, and they love their learning, and they understand something changed. They became smarter. And they decided to go to yeshiva now, to leave the house, to go to another city, to a learning yeshiva full-time. The parents were so happy. They thanked Hashem. The mother packed their bags and she gave them food for the way and she davened. She said that Hashem shall help them that when they go to yeshiva they should learn Torah day and night and should grow to big, big, big Talmud HaChachamim and big Tzadikim. As they left, the two sons, Elimelech and Meshulam Zuzia, left to yeshiva. Elizabeth's wife says to her husband, you know, our children just left the house. Why don't we do something, another mitzvah? Let us take in two children, young boys who don't have parents, or the parents are very poor, they don't have money to feed them. They're learning in the, in the cheder, in the Talmud Torah. And we'll take them into our house. Our two sons are not in yeshiva, they're not at home, so we have two beds. We can give them to two other children who don't have beds, their families are very poor, or their families, they don't have parents. We'll give them a home, we'll give them a place to sleep, we'll give them food, and we'll send them to Cheder. We'll treat them like our own kids. And that mitzvah that we'll do, and Hashem will help that our two sons who are in yeshiva will be very successful in yeshiva. They'll learn a lot of Torah. They'll become big Talmidah Chachamim and Tzadikim. The husband agreed, and they found two boys that needed a home, a place to sleep and they brought him to the house. <coughs> a few months went by. And one day, they get a letter in the mail from the Rosh Yeshiva where Elimelech and Meshulam Zusi were, were learning. And the Rosh Yeshiva says, your sons 
are really matzliach. They are learning so fine. They're learning so much Torah. He's so happy to tell them that they're growing to be great Talmidei Chachamim. The parents were so happy. And they realized that it is chus, that Eleazar Lippi is bringing water to the shoals. He's not earning a lot of money for it, but he wants to have the chus of bringing water to the shoals. <coughs> and the chus of worrying and taking care of these two boys who don't have families. They can give them food. Helping these boys learning Torah. In that schus, Hashem blessed that their children are very successful in learning a lot of Torah. Once Erev Shabbos, Leza Lippa went to bring water. Like, like every Friday, people need water in their homes. So Erev Shabbos in the morning, early morning, he would go get water and go to the homes where he would provide the water, sell the water, so people can cook for Shabbos. But as he uh, is drawing water, he catches a fish. There was a fish in his barrel. He says, oh, there's a fish. He comes home, he says to his wife, we're going to have fish for Shabbos. Hashem blessed us. I was drawing water and a fish came into the water. And of course, the woman was so excited because they hadn't had fish for Shabbos in a long time because they were very poor. Now they're going to have a fish for Shabbos. So she was cleaning the fish. And as she's opening up the belly of the fish in order to take out the bones and cook it, for Shabbos, she sees, what? What's going on here? She opens up the belly and she sees something very strange. She something very shiny. It's a diamond. She sees a diamond inside the belly of the fish. When Rebbe came home with the two boys, they went to the mikveh for Shabbos, they came home, the wife was not happy. Elizabeth said, why? Why are you not happy? What happened? What happened? And she says, I always hoped that you will continue to draw water and bring water to the, to the shoals. But now I'm afraid you're going to become rich and you're going to stop bringing water because you're going to be rich. And we're not going to have the schos of bringing water to the shoals. He said, what do you mean? He said, because I just found a diamond. We've become rich. Lipe was very, very surprised. And he also became sad, yeah, maybe Hashem is testing us. And over Shabbos, he was thinking about the diamond. They put away the diamond before Shabbos in a drawer. And the whole Shabbos, he was talking to the two boys and to his wife. And he told them a story about a great tzaddik in the time of the Gomorrah. His name was Rebchanina ben Deysa. Rebchanina ben Deysa was very, very poor. And his wife was very sad because they didn't have any food for Shabbos. And one day, his wife said to her husband, Rabbi Hanina ben you're such a big tzaddik. Why can't you ask Hashem to give us money? So, Rabbi Hanina ben saw how much his wife was upset and pained. He started davening to Hashem that he should help them, give them some treasure so they can have money. And then suddenly, he saw, they saw, they looked up at the ceiling and they see, a whole leg of a table made out of pure gold. Looked like a leg of a table. Just the leg itself. Made of pure gold is coming down from the ceiling. Apparently it came from Shemaim. And that leg of gold was worth a lot of money. They could have been rich for the rest of their lives. But that night, the wife of Rabbi Hanim and saw in a dream 
that all the tzaddikim are sitting in Ganeiden at golden tables with three legs. But she and her husband are sitting by a golden table with only two legs. And she asked, where's the third leg of our table? And they told her in Shemaim in a dream that the third leg, you already got it when you were alive. You remember there was a leg coming down from the sky, from the ceiling? So she woke up and she said to her husband, no, 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 please daven that the Hashem should take back the leg. I don't, I don't mind living a poor life. And so he did. And the leg rose up again, went back up. And Rezalip is telling that story. He started thinking, you know what? This is the same story with Ravnir Ben Hashem is sending us a diamond to see if we're going to start living like rich people, having a lot of money, stop doing good things. Maybe Hashem is testing us. And so they decided, no, we're not going to use the diamond to be rich. We're going to use the diamond to do mitzvahs with. We're still going to live the same life as we lived before, same poor life, and we're going to still bring water to the shoals. And the diamond, I'm going to sell and give it to Tzedakah. And <clears throat> the wife of Leza Lippe remembered the story with Rabbi Yitzchak, the father of Rashi. Rabbi Yitzchak um, inherited a very expensive diamond from his parents. It was the most amazing diamond. Probably the most expensive diamond in the world. It was the most beautiful diamond in the world. And <clears throat> the people of the church in the town where Rashi's father lived in France, they wanted to have the diamond for their church, for their Avedizorah. So they came and uh, to Rabbi Tzrin asked them, would you sell us the diamond? We need it for our church. And they promised to give him a lot of money. But Rabbi Tzrin knew that he can't do that because they're going to use it for Avedizorah. So he was next to a river when they came to ask him to sell the diamond and he pretended that he dropped the diamond in the water and nobody could find it. It was lost. And so the diamond disappeared and they, the, the priest couldn't get the diamond. And because he did this amazing thing, he gave up such an expensive diamond to make sure that uh, he doesn't have to give it to Avedizara. Hashem gave him a present. He had a son, one of the greatest, greatest, greatest people in history, Rashi. Rashi was his son. So she remembered, she said, you know what? Maybe Hashem is testing us like he tested Rabbi Yitzhak, the father of Rashi. So we need to pass the test. And then Hashem will help us that our children will be even bigger than the Chachamim. And Rebbe was agreed. They asked the Rav, is it okay for us to take the diamond or do we need to announce and find maybe somebody lost it? The Rav said, no, when you find a diamond in a fish, you don't have to announce it. You don't have to go ask people if they lost it because once it's in a fish, nobody thinks they'll get it back. It's Hefker. You don't have to, it's yours. You can keep it. So they sold the diamond and started giving a lot of tzedakah, gave away all the money. They kept nothing for themselves. They still continue to live a poor life. And Rebbe Lippe still continued to draw water. <clears throat> a year went by, and Rebbe Lippe and his wife get a letter from their oldest son, Elimelech. Elimelech 
tells his parents that he's going to get married to one of the rich people in the town where the yeshiva is. And his father was going to give him money so he can learn Torah even after he gets married. Bezalipa were crying from joy. He said, oh, Hashem, you're so nice to us. You helped us out of our son, our oldest son, to be so great and so special. And such a Talmud Chacham, and now he's getting married. And he's happy. After a short while, the youngest son, Meshulam Zusya, also came home to visit his parents, and he saw that he was a big Talmud Chacham and a big Yerush Shemaim. And um, so, they were, very, they were so happy. They thanked Hashem. Meshulam Zusya, after a while, also got married and also continued to learn Torah after he got married. Now, once Rebbe Zalipa went to the river to draw water, and he saw something is pressing against his foot. He was inside with his feet in the water. And I took off his shoes and socks to go inside the water to get water from the river. But as he's standing with his feet inside the river, he feels something is poking in his foot. And he take a look and he sees there's a little container. And the container, he pulled it out of the ground, it was full of gold and silver coins. He brought it home and he told his wife again about this treasure he found. They got sad again. Oh, Hashem is testing us again to see if we're going to act like rich. We're going to start spending money buying nice houses and nice jewelry and nice things. And we're going to stop doing mitzvahs and, and bringing water to the shul. So they decided they're not going to use this money for their own, for themselves. They put the whole treasure into their basement and they kept quietly taking from that money and giving tzedakah to poor families secretly. Nobody would know that they're giving. And so, Mishul Mezusia also got married. Five years went by. Kabrezalipi got old, got very weak. He couldn't continue to work anymore. Schlepping heavy barrels of water was too much for him. He gave over the job of drawing water to another Jew. He told him, I'm giving you my job on one condition, that you give a little bit of that money to me so I can live also. And so they continued to live with very, very poorly, with very little money. They didn't take any money from the treasure they had in their basement. They used the money from the treasure just to support families that were very poor, slowly using up the money. One day, Rezalipa finds out that his uncle, Avram Leib, who raised him, just passed away. And since he didn't have any children, he left everything he had to Rezalipa and his wife. And he left a lot of stuff, a lot of houses and land. So Rezalipa and his wife sold their little house in the town. They didn't sell it. They gave it away to the new guy who drew the water instead of Rezalipa. And they told him <clears throat> that um, he should continue to bring water to the shul. And they packed all their bags and moved to the big, big house of his uncle, Avram Leib. And they had a lot of land and a lot of houses on that land. They invited a lot of families of Talmidah Chachamim to come and live in that big piece of land. They made a shul there. And they supported Talmidah Chachamim who would learn Torah. And also with Melech and Zusha who later on became the famous two tzaddikim, the brothers, Abel Melech and Abzusha. 
They also moved with their families on the land. And we learn from the story, says the Fayyidika Rebbe, that when a person serves Hashem with all his heart and with so much love, Elizalip and his wife merited to have such children, Sadikim. Goenim and Sadikim that became so famous. They were the Melech of Lizhensk and Rebzusha of Anipoli.